0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and Editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday. It is a wonderful day because the schedule for MLB was released. Wait, no, that's not right. They did release their schedule, but we're here to talk about the NBA schedule, of course. Side note, what the hell, baseball? But the NBA schedule was released. We've got all the details for the Pelicans, and we're going to break them down today, tomorrow, probably the rest of the week as well. We'll take a kind of high-level overview at everything. This is going to be pretty awesome. I've got the number of national TV games, the ones you want to know. We're going to look at the start of the season, the end of the season, some other miscellaneous notes, and we're really going to dig into this because now we can really see the Pelican season starting to come into picture. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So before we get right into the schedule programming note, missed yesterday, red dress run basically just took me out of commission for the rest of the weekend. Hi to everyone I met there. It was fun talking pals with a lot of people out there, even when we were dressed rather silly, but we're going to be back. We'll do the rest of the week here. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, talking about the schedule. There's a couple other things I find interesting, the mental health aspect of the things they're putting into the NBA, as well as the NCAA putting in a rule dubbed the Rich Paul rule and then quickly amending said. Rich Paul Rule, after an op-ed he did in The Athletic, is pretty interesting as well. We'll dive into that later in the week. But today is all about the Pelicans' schedule. It's exciting to see this come out. And the first thing everyone wants to know, other than the stuff we already know, which was opening night in Toronto, uh, November 27th against the Los Angeles Lakers at home, the AD return game, and the Christmas Day game, is how many nationally televised games are there for the Pelicans? Well, it's a lot. They have 30 games, which, by the way, is ninth most in the league. There are very few teams that have more than them going into next season. The only teams with more are the Warriors, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Rockets, the Clippers, Bucks, 76ers and Blazers. That's good company to be in, and this shows that the Zion hype is straight up real. Not only is he getting the opening night game on national TV, it's going to be the earlier of the two as the Pelicans take on the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. By the way, Zion bounced Elton John the hell out of the Scotiabank Arena, I think that's what it's called, and into another day. That's how popular he is. He moves a dude who is knighted, also just a musical legend, that... So you get that national televised game. But then his first home game, Friday, against the Dallas Mavericks. An intriguing team, but not one that's really worthy of throwing on national TV a ton, at least just yet. But that one's going to be nationally televised as well. His home debut. So very cool to see overall by this Pelicans team. So those 30 games include NBA TV. If you take those out, which... It kind of makes a little bit of sense to do. I don't think anyone really counts NBA TV as the nationally televised game. They are still having... 20 games total, and I think that is a very big deal. They're getting two ABC games, which is something they haven't had in a very long time, the first being January 18th against the Los Angeles Clippers at home, and then on the road February 2nd at Houston. They haven't been on ABC in one of those really national TV games since 2009. To get two of them all of a sudden, having 30 games total when the previous high is 13 – yeah, it's pretty good and I think the league is very intrigued by Zion Williamson. Of their schedule, it is very heavy in terms of national TV and national coverage, basically through the end of January and then February is pretty heavily uh, regarded as well. But March and April, then the season only goes through April 15th. They only have two games on ESPN total. I think this kind of gives you an idea of what the league, the NBA thinks of this Pelicans franchise. They're going to start, you know, very Interesting to watch, maybe not competitive, but they're going to be interesting the, throughout the first couple of weeks or sorry, months of the regular season. But then, as they maybe lose and fall out of contention, and you start to see some separation, they won't be so they don't have them on national TV as much in March and April. But a bunch of those games can be flexed, so if they are in competition or in uh, you know, uh, competition for the playoffs, well, then yeah. They're going to be able to get those slots, and you'll see them on national TV more. So those are the big numbers right there, which I think everyone is excited about. Ultimately, being on national TV is kind of pointless. There's there's no real need for it. It doesn't do anything for you. And honestly, you'd rather have uh, Joel Myers and now Antonio Daniels talking the whole time, and you don't want to hear the other national stuff, though it helps that the NBA has gotten rid of players only. But this is a bit of a referendum and kind of validation for your fandom and the investment that you're making into this team, whether it's through season tickets, whether it's just emotionally getting invested into the franchise, into Zion, and your hype. It's all validated by seeing these 30 nationally televised games really 20 because we don't want to count NBA TV but screw it that number sounds way better so let's do it but yeah it's gonna be kind of validation for you so you should be really proud of this you should be really proud of the team and seeing where they're headed and what the league thinks of them as a whole particularly the first part of the season but you know still Overall, really good. So that's kind of the breakdown of the nationally televised game, some of the bigger things that they have. And now in the next segment, we're going to go look at it by the numbers before wrapping up and then talking about the beginning of the season, the end of the season for the Pelicans, and what might happen in between all of that. But before we get to all of that, the Saints had their first preseason game on Friday, which means football's back More importantly, it means fantasy football is back. And all of you fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer on the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Vinny's been doing this for over 20 years, covering fantasy football, and he's going to help you win your league, win bragging rights, and more importantly, money. So he's going to get you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. So subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast on your favorite podcast provider. All right, let's take a look at the schedule by the number. So the first thing that jumps out, and this ties into what the NBA is trying to do, they want to make games just easier on people to be able to watch your favorite team. Part of this is a bit of an East Coast bias because 51% of the U.S. lives in the Eastern time zone, and I think they realized a lot of games were tipping off just a little bit too late. So now when the Pelicans are on the West Coast, instead of it being a 9.30 tip-off, it sounds like a lot of those games are going to get moved up an hour, and they're now going to be eight. 30 tip-offs for us here in the central time zone, 9:30 in the eastern time zone instead of that 10:30 tip-off which is yeah, really damn late. So, as someone who has to stay up watching a lot of basketball and then talking about it right after, I'm really cool with this change. Also, a lot of the games are going to be on the weekends this year. Half of the Pelicans games are on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. 13 Sunday games 10 Monday games, 12 Tuesday games, 11 Wednesday games, just eight Thursday games, then Friday and Saturday each have 14 games total. In terms of the back-to-backs, things that everyone kind of wants to know they've got 12 total back-to-backs they are mostly on the road though they have one home and home back-to-back so we'll be in the smoothie king center two nights in a row and then the other ones really just fall down they have four home and away back-to-backs two away and then home back-to-backs and five away away back-to-backs That's a little bit stressful, but 12 is slightly under the league average for back-to-backs this season. They have four consecutive home games from April 7th to 13th. That's right by the end of the regular season, so that's pretty great to see as well. Um, So the team looking at it from that about normal frankly that's no big deal it's kind of par for the course average for the league when you look at in terms of the actual schedule and if you're doing it looking at the Vegas projected over-unders for teams The Pelicans, though, have the fourth-ranked strength of schedule the entire year, at least going right now. It's kind of high. It's a lot. It's got a few things built into it. So with the way it works is they're going to play everyone in the Eastern Conference once at home, once on the road, and then you try and get four home games with every Western Conference team. You play your division four times, but it just doesn't work out. So the, the teams that they are playing only three times in the West is Phoenix, Two at home, one on the road. You'd certainly like that. The Sacramento Kings, who were pretty good last year, but maybe a playoff team, maybe not. Minnesota, you get three times as well. And one in this group that's good is the Denver Nuggets. They should be pretty good, and the Pelicans are taking them on uh, three times this year, two of those being at home. They are taking on the Clippers four times, the Lakers four times, and the Golden State Warriors four times. The good news with the Golden State Warriors is three of those games are before the start of 2020, likely meaning no Clay Thompson against the Pelicans in those games. That's it. least a bit of a silver lining with what they uh, are going to be playing as the cat who likes to make an appearance on the podcast on occasion just knocked a bunch of things over so some other scheduling notes and numbers for it if we just look at it by that is the pelicans aren't traveling more than the league average this year. They're right around like 44,000, kind of going by the graphs that are out there and the charts that are thrown up there, which is the third fewest in the Western Conference, beating out the Clippers and the Lakers, who have a bit of a quirk in theirs because when they play each other, which is four times, it's zero miles traveled, even for those two away games. So theirs are naturally going to be a little bit lower than others. Utah is number one, followed by Phoenix, Sacramento, and Portland, with Boston being the first Eastern Conference team that comes in at fifth, and then the Denver Nuggets and Houston Rockets, Minnesota Timberwolves, and Spurs at six, seven, eight, nine, followed by Miami at ten. That's Not too bad, frankly. You just got the rest advantage and that's great because you've got a bunch of rookies they know are known to hit a bit of a wall. So, there you go. Now, if you want to look at rest which is always an intriguing thing so games where New Orleans has a rest advantage, 24 times this season they have a rest disadvantage 18 times which is the league average or the most in the league. So, it's no real big difference there. If you go by positiveresidual.com which is pretty great in terms of true rest advantages they got 11 which is a little bit higher than league average and then they've got true rest disadvantages nine times which is about league average a little bit under that so overall the schedule just kind of like normal it's just kind of very simple very straightforward this year for new orleans you're in the west it's a little bit tougher but overall things aren't too bad this isn't the easiest schedule it's not the hardest schedule, though. Also worth noting this year, there is no Muses home game this season, which is just freaking great. And while not a true Mardi Gras road trip, they are playing on Mardi Gras Day at the Los Angeles Lakers. They're playing on the road that Sunday at Golden State. And then that Friday, the twenty-first, Crude Etat Friday at Portland. And then basically, you have the all star break before that. So you don't really need to worry about it conflicting with tons of your plans. So you might have a game on Oklahoma City. I haven't looked at the Mardi Gras calendar just yet. That's on Thursday, February 13th. That might. I can't. I'm not entirely sure there. Hopefully, it's nothing too bad, but I believe you might have parades that night or that day. I, again, have not looked, so there's not... Who knows? It might not be a big deal, but overall, no big conflict during that time, which has happened the past couple of years, which has become super annoying, but we don't need to worry about it this year, so overall... Just kind of a normal schedule by the numbers, which is great. Now, when we look at some of the very intriguing games, though, to start the year, to end the year, that's where things we uh, can kind of get a clear picture of this New Orleans Pelicans franchise and the season that they might have. So we'll get to the beginning and part of the schedule in just a second. But like I said earlier, football is here. And I'm going to be honest, I am not caught up to date on anything. But I've been doing my best. We've had a really busy Pelicans offseason. So I haven't had time to listen to nearly as much as I would like to. But guess what? The new Locked On NFL podcast is absolute fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows out there with expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson. And it's hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily National Podcast and all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow along the locked on NFL podcast now on your favorite podcast provider. So the beginning and end of the Pelican schedule, the Alpha and the Omega here is pretty interesting. They open at Toronto on the road, again bumping Elton John because of the Zion effect, which is pretty cool. The opening part of the schedule is absolutely brutal at Toronto, at home versus Dallas, that's fine, but then at Houston, then you get Golden State and Denver at home, at Oklahoma City, at Brooklyn, Friday against uh, Friday the 8th against Toronto, then you get Charlotte, again, Houston, the Clippers, Miami, who could be good, I don't know, Golden State, Portland, Phoenix, Utah, the Clippers, the Lakers, and then you end the month with Oklahoma City. That's a rough stretch. There are some playoff teams in there and you've got Oklahoma City twice when they're likely going to have Chris Paul still on the roster because I don't think he gets traded until the deadline. That's a a rough start to the season and we're going to learn early on if the Pelicans are really going to be a playoff team or not. While they might be gelling a little bit, They need to kind of find their footing really quickly. And yes, Toronto's a good matchup game in the beginning. They're deep, even though they lost Kawhi Leonard. Dallas should be a winnable game at home. Houston's going to be Houston, and they've added Russell Westbrook, then Golden State and Denver. But it's that Denver game that I'm really intrigued by, along with the Golden State game. We know this Pelicans team wants to play fast. Very, very fast. Lead the league in pace fast, and maybe set a record that we haven't seen in a very long time fast. And they said they can do this. And this is David Griffin saying this because he feels they can defend at that pace. If you're playing fast, it means the other team gets those possessions too. The teams have the exact same pace for the most part uh, throughout an NBA game. It can only be separated by two at the most. So, because of that, you know, you are letting your opponent get extra possessions too. And if you can't defend, well, then you're going to give up a ton of points, too. Maybe more than you score if the other team happens to be a little bit more efficient than you are. Denver likes to run. They like to get out there and score, and they have one of the better offenses in the league. We're going to know early on with games against Toronto, Dallas, Houston, Gold State, Denver, and some of these other teams, if the Pelicans' defense is going to be as good as we think it could be. Maybe they get better as the season goes on. They likely will. But this is a team that needs to defend, and they need to be able to defend high paces. So, are they going to be able to? And we're going to get an answer to this pretty quickly, because if they're not able to, they're going to get off to a rough start. It's split pretty evenly in terms of home and a, uh, road games to start the year. Six and six in their first twelve. So, there's no excuse uh, for you know being tighter on the road or anything like that. It's just you got to be good enough to do this, and we'll find out early on because the key for this Pelican season you've got to defend and you've got to get stops because then it also gives you easy offense and this team's going to struggle to score points at times Zion's going to transition in the NBA and it's going to be a little bit rough at times too Drew Holiday we've seen him be capable of it, but let's see it over a larger sample size than one playoff series really against the Portland Trailblazers, so this is a tough test for the Pelicans this year, at least to start the year. Things get a little bit better, though, at the end of the regular season. Basically, April and from middle March on, it's much simpler. They get teams like Atlanta, Memphis, Sacramento, uh, New York, Orlando, Atlanta, again. Uh, You get the Washington Wizards in there twice. Charlotte, Phoenix, those are all very winnable games. They play San Antonio, I want to say it's three times in like the final 15. That's okay. That's the toughest games you're going to have in there other than Philadelphia. So this is a chance for the Pelicans if they can stay around till the beginning, middle of March, at least in playoff contention, maybe not in there, to go on a run and close out the regular season really well. Now, they don't have national TV games there, but some of those should get picked up, I would assume, if they're in contention. But they can go on a run, absolutely can. You've got a three-game stretch versus Sacramento, Memphis, and New York at home. That's all winnable. You have a four-game stretch before you close the year on the road at San Antonio. Charlotte, Phoenix, Philadelphia, Washington. should win three of those, if not four potentially, because who knows what Philadelphia's going to be doing at the time. They might be resting guys. When they play the Clippers a number of times this year, they're on the second night of a back-to-back. The Clippers are. Maybe you get load management, which is a big thing with Kawhi Leonard and something you have to figure he's kind of almost written into his contract with that team. And you get the Clippers before that final stretch run here too. This is all doable for the Pelicans and shaping up for them to be a second half of the year team. Their schedule gets significantly, significantly easier during that time. So we'll see. We're really going to get an idea of kind of the metal uh, that this team is made up of over the regular season. It's going to be a rough start. Expect the shine to come off of this Pelicans team maybe sooner than we were thinking. Yeah, they're the new shiny fun thing with Zion Williamson now. But they get off to a rough start. And, you know, 3-10 and 10 could be realistic, um, two and 10, maybe, hopefully not, but six and six is going to be considered a win. So they have a losing record and some of the shine comes off. It's okay because they're likely going to get it back as this team kind of figures things out this year. They want to be competitive, they want to try and win, but it is a tough start. That can hurt a team, uh, team's confidence a little bit, but things do start to ease up once you get into the second half of the year. January, things ease up a little bit in the second half of it. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But right now, beginning and end of the season, polar opposites for this team. And of course, we'll be breaking this down even more. So we're going to wrap it up here in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Tomorrow, we'll go by the month. We'll look at it kind of also in 10-game blocks, which I think is important to look at as well. And we'll continue to break down the schedule, talk about some of the games we are most excited for. I know it's all going to be that Wednesday game versus the Los Angeles Lakers on November 22nd, uh, sorry 27th. But also, feel free to reach out, hit the Locked on Pelicans phone line 504 448 if you want to let me know the game other than the Lakers game come on now that you are most excited for next season because it's going to be a lot of fun and there's some Really good games. By the way, including Memphis, I should mention this one, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I think that's always a really great one. It's on the road, Monday the 20th at 4 p.m. on TNT. This is a game that used to be played here in New Orleans. They switched it to Memphis. New Orleans has regularly been the opponent they play that day. Very cool showcase game for kids who are out of school. And for them to get Zion Williamson in that one, put it on national TV, makes a ton of sense. That's a really cool game, too, even though it's a road game so let me know what you are excited about 504-321-0448 and we'll get it on the podcast i'm sure there's a few out there that i'm going to be kind of surprised about and i'm curious to hear it so thank you all for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from leave a five-star review we'll be back with you all tomorrow